1: For all of our listeners in the state of Iowa, <laughs> this may not be your favorite Ben Jarofsky show today. You guys right? suck, man. No, God dang, Iowa. Come on. Your Ben Jarofsky show for Tuesday, February 4th is just moments oh, away. But God. before we get into this, we need to thank the following unions for jumping on board and sponsoring this program. Unions like the International Association of Machinists and Aerospace Workers, Local 126 in District 8, the International Brotherhood of Electrical Workers, Local 9 sponsored this program, as well as the International Union of Operating Engineers, Local 150. Couldn't do it without you, unions. Literally. Thank you for sponsoring this program. And of course, today's Ben show for Tuesday, February 4th is brought to you by our good friends at the Chicago Federation of Labor. Rockin' chair, I want to be your
2: rockin' chair. Ah, ah, ah. Come on, uh, D. Da, 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 da. Uh, That's the okay. 1970s, folks.
1: What a decade. Song of the Day segment. <laughs> the days are numbered, all right? <laughs> the Ben Jarowski Show starts now. <laughs> it is Tuesday, February 4th. And live from the Chicago Sun-Times Chicago Reader Studio on Racine Avenue, this is the Ben Jarofsky Show. Today on the program, we're talking tonight's first Tuesday show with our Chicago Reader colleague Maya Dugmasova, May Whiteside of the Flourish Pack returns, and we welcome back congressional candidate Anthony Clark. And now your host, (laughs) Chicago Reader columnist, Ben Jarofsky. Hello, everybody. Ben Jarofsky here. We're calling this
2: Heck of a Job Iowa Tuesday. And here's why. Great week. You have a good weekend, D? Mm-hmm. I had a great weekend. I'm glad you had a good weekend. One uh, of the things I did, I started watching, binging on Larry David. Oh. All right? I'm only 10 years late. So, watching Curb Your Enthusiasm show. Then, of course, I'm trying to find someone to talk about it. But it's like, so, pen that was so old. Why do you even want to talk about that? And I can't find it. That's my problem. I'm always a little late. Okay? Not as late as Iowa, but I'm always a little late. And uh, love Larry David. Watch the Super Bowl after watching all those Larry David episodes. Larry da- Do you like Larry David? I love Larry David. Larry David is LD. Hilarious. LD is always getting in trouble. I can kind of relate to him uh, a little bit. I'm always getting in trouble, too. Anyway, Super Bowl Sunday. Loved the Super Bowl. Was rooting for the Chiefs. Although uh, the, all I could think about was my beloved Bears and how they had an opportunity uh, to get the greatest quarterback in the world, Pat Mahomes. And instead, they took Mitch Trubisky. So, you know, it was kind of depressing watching the Super Bowl. Super Bowl, because I kept thinking, he could have been a bear! I get a feeling that Ryan Pace, the general manager of the Bears, if he could choose, he could watch uh, Mitch, uh, he could watch Patrick Mahomes flinging the ball, and then he would turn around and take you, D. I like this guy. I think he's got potential, Dr. D. All right, I think anyway, that's our sports I, for today. I'm not allowed to talk about sports. Anyway, woke up Monday. I was so excited. Iowa caucus, the official launching of the election season, the first uh, election on the calendar. Iowa says, We want to be first. We should be first. We're always first. We're going to be first. We're ready. I don't understand why Iowa would be first anyway. I don't want to, do like, why don't we rotate it? We don't have the Super Bowl in the same city every year. We rotate it. So why don't you just rotate No, it's got to be Iowa. Something weird about it. First of all, its state doesn't really bear any resemblance to, like, the bases of the democratic party right or, you know it's kind of it's like a mostly white state not quite sure why it would go first but whatever tradition is tradition right they're gonna go first you think they'd get it right uh, um mm, mm. I'm, I'm standing at the bowling it was monday night i have my phone out i'm telling all the guys at bowling i'll explain to you what's going on and all of a sudden There's no results, no results coming in. Meanwhile, all these guys are coming up to me because I'm like the political expert at the bowling alley and they need me to explain how a caucus works. Have you ever tried to explain anything political, particularly something as complicated as a caucus to a group of inebriated and stone bowlers? It's like a different level of ignorance. Like like the, the stone guys really zoom in on the details. They're like, Wait a minute, man, like, and everybody doesn't get to vote? Or does everybody vote? And the drunk guys have no patience. You ever notice drunk guys say, no calm, I'm trying to explain, hurry, hurry up, I'm a drunk guy. I'm
1: trying to explain well, this Well, I'm stuff. glad you said, I'm a drunk guy at the end. Okay. Really <laughs> nail that impression down. <laughs> I don't know, that may sound like a drunk guy. I'm a drunk guy, oh, thank you.
2: Whew. Uh, that's my drunk guy <laughs> invitation. <laughs> uh that's you uh pat the plumber i'm drunk explain it hurry up i got places where you gotta get a you got a party to go to I'm just... anyway stone guys they're not much better so uh yeah there we go i'm waiting for the results to come in and uh, all of a sudden they're saying they're having computer troubles it's quality control problems and uh something you should know my monday night bowling league it's crawling with techies there's all these guys uh what do they call? Millennials. Yes. Millennials. Oh, boy. Millennials. And just the next generation up for millennials, the Xers, you know, who've spent their life, lives working with computers. They know more about computers than anybody. Else. They're always making fun of me because I read a new old pen <laughs> the old dinosaur reading the newspaper. Here's something you didn't know about computer techies, D. They're all front runners. Like I said, they make fun of me because I read a newspaper. Then something goes wrong with their beloved computers. They start passing the buck. So I'm going up to all these techies in the bowling alley. Could you explain what's going on? Well, Ben, I'm more in sales. Uh, I'm not really in the tech end of things. Uh, (laughs) Oh, you're here. I'm in sales, Ben. I don't really understand what's going on with these computers. Anyway, I'm starting to get phone calls from Bernie bros. Bernie bros are freaking out. Bernie bros, like, they they still are upset because they think the 2016 election was stolen from. Now they're absolutely convinced that the Democrats are up to the same tricks. The Dems Democrats are up to the same tri- Ben, I told you. I'm getting the, I told you. As soon as Bernie was winning, they're going to steal the election. Isn't that interesting? The computers don't work.
1: And they're stone cold sober, right? <laughs> no. Not high, not drunk. No, Bernie bros. Fuck.
2: Well, time out. A lot of the Bernie Bros, the Bernie Bros are kind of mellow about it, or the Stone ones. You know, hey, man, that's how it goes, you know. But the re- the real Bernie Bro Bernie Bro Bros are fired up and angry, you know. And they don't think they're angry at. I need your help on this one, D, because you watch TV more than I do. They're really angry at MSNBC. Did you watch their coverage last night at all? Uh, I
1: beforehand, yeah, I saw a little Chris Matthews. <laughs> <laughs> I don't like Bernie. Go. <laughs> <laughs> That's you're heading into Bill Burr country. Just saying
2: uh, with that invitation. Uh, So my Bernie bro friends are all telling me that MSNBC is really biased against Bernie. That's they're, they're like Ben, you got to talk about this on the podcast. Well, I'm at a disadvantage because I didn't watch any MSNBC last night.
1: Are they biased against Bernie? Yeah, yeah. That Chris Matthews guy's like ah, Bernie can't be president. Bernie can't be president. Well, Go. Today,
2: okay, time out. All right. So on the Ben Shapiro show, here's what we do. We get a Joe Biden guy, David Seaton, and we get a Bernie bro, Micah Utrich, okay? And they debate it. I go bring Bernie bros on. Got nothing against Bernie bros. In fact, I'm looking at a Bernie bro right now. (laughs) Me? (laughs) The doctor loves Bernie. So, D, you're telling me that uh, MSNBC can't find themselves the equivalent of a Micah Or a Miles?
1: They can't get a Bernie bro? Yeah, I think they lost their number or something, or email. They couldn't find him. There's Bernie bros all over the place, MSNBC.
2: (laughs) Oh, no. Why my Bernie bro? Yeah, all my Bernie bro friends are just going nuts. MSNBC is also... And that's the lefty station. That's how bad it is for my Democratic Party. Like, even the lefty station doesn't like Bernie bros. Anyway, the Bernie bros uh, are really convinced that that the computers was just a a ruse uh, to cover up the fact that Bernie won the election, and uh, the uh, the Dems who run the Democratic Party uh, don't want that word out. Uh, And then, of course, the Trumpsters at the bowling alley, oh, God, oh, Ben, that's a heck of a party you got there. Good party. (laughs) Come on, man. Donald Trump knows how to run a country. The computers wouldn't break down if Donald Trump were running them. <laughs> Trumpsters, MAGA hat wearing raw meat-eating people. And by the way, and then they come in, uh, They, you know, this is the Raw new-
1: meat-eating
2: people. <laughs> yeah, that's the Trumpsters. And the Trumpsters, the big thing is, it's like they see that divide between the Bernie bros and the rest of the Dems, and they're like trying to explode. Yeah, they're stealing it from Bernie. <laughs> okay, I'm making an appeal to all Bernie bros out there. You know I love you, kind of one of you Got tons of you in my studio all the time Looking at one right now Don't fall for the Trump BS on the, They don't like you, they don't like Bernie They don't like your policies If Bernie's the nominee, they'll start mocking you Making fun of you, making fun of him Calling him a commie Don't fall for it. You got to be smarter than that. Okay, Bernie bros, you know, I love you, but you got to be a little smarter than to fall for that BS that Donald Trump is putting out there. Here's the deal, man. The way I look at, oh, by the way, how Mm. about your, how about Pete Buttigieg? Oh, my boy. Dear boy. (laughs) You know, on one level, I got to give Buttigieg credit. Okay, there are no results. The computer's broken down. Even the techies at the bowling alley are baffled. I don't know, Pat. I'm more in sales anyway. Uh, Nobody understands anything, but they can't get a result. Somehow or other, the smartest people in Iowa, when it comes to computers, can't figure out what's the matter with their computer. Can't get a result. Pete Buttigieg says, I know what I'll do. I'll declare victory. How can you declare victory? He goes, we won, and now it's on the New Hampshire. And by the way, that brought in a flood of calls from Bernie Bros. with people, did you see, talk about Mayor Pete, he is a no good beep. I'm not allowed to swear on the Ben Jarofsky show, but Thank man, you. I was hearing. Listen, that was a slick move, Mayor Pete. Mayor Pete, look, Mayor Pete declaring victory. How can you declare victory when no votes have been counted? It's like me declaring victory, the Bears have won the Super Bowl, but they weren't even in the Super Bowl. So what? I just say the Bears won the Super Bowl. Mayor Pete thinks he's slick. The reality is this, folks, from what we can tell, early indications from all the rumblings, the top three out of Iowa in terms of the informal counts. Uh, and I don't know what order they're in because we have no official results. Bernie, Elizabeth Warren and Mayor Pete. That's basically what I've heard. D Right. So that means that the lefty wing of the Democratic Party has at least a majority. In Iowa which is not exactly the lefty state. And yet, somehow or other, Mayor Pete's declaring victory? I tell you what, that is one uh, slick dude, Mayor Pete. Here's my uh, message to Centris. We have Centris on this show as well. We're not just open to Bernie Bros. Uh, My message to Centris is this. It's pretty clear that Joe Biden's campaign is going nowhere. It's pretty clear that Mayor Pete's campaign isn't going to go anywhere. It's pretty clear that Amy Klobuchar's campaign isn't going to go anywhere. I say you put all your money on Bloomberg. That's my advice to centrists. If you're going to have a centrist candidate, make sure it's a billionaire. Dude, this guy's got so much money, he makes... J.B. Pritzker look broke. He makes J.B. Pritzker look like me, D. He's broke, okay? Ah, I
1: don't know about that.
2: <laughs> you know? He, so just go with the billionaire. Go with the man who has 59 or $60 billion and he's ready to spend 5 to $10 billion or whatever it takes. And here's the funny thing. If the Dems do nominate Michael Bloomberg and if Michael Bloomberg spends $5 billion or whatever it is to defeat Donald Trump, you know what you'll hear, D? You'll hear so much sobbing, so much crying from Republicans. Well, that sounds like <laughs> <laughs> it's not fair. The Dems ran a billion. Remember how they cried about Pritzker? Oh, it's not fair, man. Look, Republicans, you're the one who wanted no lids on camp fi- campaign financing. You're the ones who said that uh, it's free speech. So you thought you had it all locked up, called so all the billionaires were in your side. I don't know, man. If I'm a centrist Dem, I'm voting for Bloomberg. Because what the heck, if you're gonna go if you're just going to go right down the middle, you might as well go with the guy who's got the most money to bury the side and leave the Republicans in tears. we got a great show today, everybody. Maya Dukmasov is going to be in the studio. She's so fired up about Iowa D. Oh, my God. And she's, she's re- fired
1: up about tonight's first Tuesday show at the hideout. Yes, at the hideout.
2: Live at 630.
1: 630. Who are the guests again? Carlos Ramirez Rosa and Brandon why am I forgetting Johnson. his last name? Johnson. Very good. Can't much, believe
2: I forgot his last name. Too much refer. Uh, and uh, what, what? Carlos will be representing who? Bernie Sanders. And Brandon Johnson will be representing who? Elizabeth Warren. There we go.
1: Hey, come <laughs> on.
2: I like Elizabeth Warren. You know what? Bernie Bros, you're too hard on Elizabeth Warren. There, I said it. Elizabeth Warren, she, you know what Bernie Bros always tell me? Well, Ben, Elizabeth Warren used to be a Republican. Well, she's not a Republican anymore. I mean, I don't get that. Why is that bad? That she used to be a Republican and she evolved. out Donald Trump used to be a Democrat. Doesn't seem to bother Republicans, does it? They love Donald Trump now.
1: Yeah, Bernie supporters, stop being so supportive, would you? For <laughs> one candidate, what, what do you think is this is—an election? Get behind all the others. Wait, hold on. I think there's. I think there's a,
2: I think he's making a pretty good point. Hold on. That's like. It's kind of ironic that point he's making. Hold oh, on, let me get out the bong. Oh yeah, okay, well, you it makes a lot of here. sense. Anyway, Maya will be here. Uh, May Whiteside will be here from uh, Chicago Flourish, and she'll. Oh, make, I'm going to ask May about uh, uh, Iowa and the importance of Black women in the process. Uh, I'm throwing it out there. Any Democratic candidate who runs against Donald John Trump should uh, have a, a Black woman as his or his or her vice presidential uh candidate yes i said it and it's true and anthony clark the man to call ac he's running for uh congress in the seventh congressional last week we had keena collins on now anthony clark's turn pride and joy of oak park uh will be in the studio at two i'm sure he'll be talking iowa uh <laughs> you know he's a young guy he's a millennial d he could maybe help those democrats out with their computers they need someone it just seems like all the tech i can't not I'm more in the sales end, Ben. You <laughs> know, when things go bad, everybody's in the sales end. Anyway, we have a great show. Plenty of political talk ahead of us. Before we do any of that, the young man from Alton, the man they call Doctor Doobie, with the news.
1: How's it going, everybody? What the hell happened in Iowa last night? Still not sure. But we do know what's happening at Chicago and Illinois this afternoon. Yes, the Iowa bashing continues on the Ben Jarofsky Show, and it looks like our Illinois governor is getting in on the fun as well. I think it's safe to say that the Hawkeye State has a big problem on their (laughs) hands, Ben. One, you know how Governor J.B. Pritzker feels about big problems. Big problems become big problems when you let small problems sit. Hold on man, man. That's, oh, yes. That's some deep stuff. J.B. Juan, Conovi, <laughs> Pritzker has a solution. We don't want this problem getting any bigger now, nope. do we? And that solution is to hell with Iowa. Yeah. Have the first Democratic presidential primary of the election season right here in Illinois. Hey, when you're governor, sometimes you got to throw your neighboring states under the bus. All right. <laughs>
0: So after it became
1: apparent last night that no one knew what the hell was going on, Governor Pritzker addressed the caucus raucous on Twitter. Pritzker said, quote, if you're looking for a state whose people represent the diversity of America, look no further than Illinois. It's time for the most representative state in the country to be the first in the nation. He then linked a 2016 NPR story that lists Illinois as, quote, the perfect state to host The first Democratic presidential contest. Pritzker spokesperson Ann Caprara added that Illinois is, quote, the most representative of the rest of the country. We have a rural population, urban population, and representation of literally every ethnic group in the country in all sorts of business and manufacturing. It makes sense that Illinois should help decide who the Democratic nominee is. Ben your thoughts on all this? Is this a good idea?
2: Yes. Y-E-S. In my humble opinion. I can't wait to uh, hear what our guests say today. But uh, yeah, all the reasons stated. The most NPR had it first? I did not know that. You know, I'm going to have to show them a little love now. NPR had it first, huh? And then and, and Pritzker cites NPR to like show that there's some support for it. I absolutely, I'm for it. This, like, what he said was so true. And we, uh, just talking about the downstate, upstate divide that we talk about on this show all the time. So, you know, you'd have a candidate that would have to reach out downstate and candidate have to uh, make appeals to Chicago. It would be much like the gubernatorial primary of 2018, which, uh, you're, you're, you know, J.B. Pritzker was victorious because he showed that he could go to all different uh, areas of the state. So, yeah, uh, the, divi- the the diversity in the state of Illinois uh, absolutely ma- makes it more representative uh, than Iowa. And, and and it would be a great thing for us. Could you imagine how cool it would be if Illinois were the f- – all these uh, candidates were coming in the studio. Ben, I love your show. I'm a huge fan of Dr. Newby. <laughs> Yeah, man, let's move it up. to Let's move to Illinois. I, I, would, I never understood why Iowa was always at the top of the list. I remember explaining, trying to explain it to my kids years ago. Well, Iowa, why? Don't really know the answer to that one. There's a lot of questions out there I cannot answer. It just Well, you see, is. you put your
1: right foot in and your right foot out. <laughs> then you put your right foot back in and you shake it all about. Plus, we have...
2: Better computer techies in Iowa. I'm baffled. I'm more in
1: sales. Did I tell you that? I'm more in the sales end of things. But you grab your partner, do do <laughs> over to the candidate that you like.
2: Unbelievable. It's like a broken app. I never heard of a broken app. You ever heard of a broken app, D? Yeah. Okay, maybe there's more f- familiar. Technical uh, difficulties. You know, we're having technical difficulties. We have technical difficulties on the show we call Brian. <laughs> Brian Ernst comes here and fixes them, right? They should
1: send Brian down the well, have we've, we've gotten a good streak lately. Yeah. We haven't had Brian come in in a while. Touch wood. Now, at the moment, the Illinois primary is still set for March 17th, and it will more than likely remain on March 17th. But... We've learned how this DNC works in the last couple of years. If J.B. Pritzker, the richest politician in America, really wants to have Illinois host the nation's first primary election, well, there is one way you can get it done. (laughs) You know what I'm talking about, Bloomberg? I I have to correct that statement. Hmm.
2: He is not the richest politician in America, J.B. Pritzker. Michael Bloomberg is way richer than J.B. Pritzker. So that's why I say centrist out there, Democratic centrist, all right? Not speaking to my Bernie Bro fans and followers and friends. I'm not speaking to Elizabeth Warren supporters. I'm just saying if you're a centrist, why are you wasting your time with Biden Klobuchar, abruptage? You go for the billionaire. I don't understand. It's not, it's not that difficult. Okay? It's not rocket science, as they say, Andy. Huh, rocket science. It's the billionaire. He's got the most money. Bernie and Elizabeth Warren have the most supporters. Bernie and Elizabeth Warren will have people who will go knock on doors. Joe Biden doesn't have anybody knocking on a door. Pete Buttigieg doesn't have anybody knocking on a door. Amy Klobuchar doesn't, you know. So if you're not going to get door knockers, get the next best thing, TV commercials. And that's my advice to centrists. Go with Bloomberg. And now,
1: as far as everybody else (laughs) goes, better knock on doors because Bloomberg's got a lot of money. Oh, and if Illinois were to ever get that, uh, the first uh, primary election in the nation, to all the politicians, if that were to happen, no bribery, please. (laughs) My God. Uh, I don't know. Bribery is part of the Illinois tradition. and Speaking of, moving on in city news, we have an update on the indicted 14th Ward Alderman. Yes, the guy who shook down a Burger King in his ward, Alderman Ed Burke. The following comes from the Chicago Sun-Times and John Seidel. Alderman Edward Burke could be going to trial sometime in the middle of next year, mm. 2021, but the judge presiding over his case declined Tuesday to set a hard trial date. So just hang back for a year, uh, Burke. Keep being a corrupt all the minute. In the meantime, we'll have ourselves a trial. Sound good? Good.
2: All right. I have a question for you, dee Okay. In your humble opinion, what? and you could probably uh, place a bet. On I like opinions. Burger King
1: more than McDonald's. No,
2: that was not the question. Oh. Well, that's a good question. <laughs> uh, and my question to you is this: What will be, What will come first? Alderman Ed Burke's trial, or the computer techies in Iowa fixing their computers? What do you think, huh? Oh,
1: it's 2021, right? (laughs) Yeah. Burke's trial.
2: (laughs) Computer guys in Iowa. (sighs) The wire here and the wire there. I got a guy named Merlin here in Illinois, Iowa. This guy is unbelievable. He helps me fix my computer. I call him up on the phone. Uh, All right, take me through it, Ben. They should call Merlin. He'll fix it.
1: Wait, these numbers keep saying Sanders, one. There must be something wrong. (laughs) There must be something up with this. Yeah, man. Isn't that funny? (laughs) There has to be something wrong. Bernie wins. I've never seen anything like this. It's the app. (laughs) Bernie's winning. The app just went. Wait, hold B Sanders? Is that running back? No, that's Barry. No,
2: what? (laughs) Yeah. They're going to declare Barry Sanders the winner in Iowa. Anything (laughs) to keep Bernie from winning. Oh, God. They don't like Elizabeth Warren much either, D, let's be honest
1: And finally, Chicago Mayor Lori Lightfoot This
0: little light of mine, <laughs> I'm gonna let it shine oh, You Lord
1: certainly Lightfoot. are You certainly are letting it shine mm. it Hasn't even been a whole month But the mayor goes back to Washington uh, Yeah, she, she was just there
2: Loves what? Wait, D, what does she love more? Washington or luncheons?
1: Oh boy, we're never getting another interview With this woman <laughs> Luncheons <laughs>
2: Yeah, I'd say so <laughs> Uh, (laughs) Hasn't even been a
1: whole month, but the mayor goes back to Washington. The last time she was at a get together with her mayoral peers at an annual meeting. This trip makes a lot less sense, especially when you're the mayor of a city. (laughs) Our president constantly trash talks. Lori Lightfoot is in the nation's capital to attend President Donald Trump's State of the Union Mm -hmm. address. We talked about this on Friday. Ben, uh, what were your thoughts again? Well, I I don't
2: Don't understand why she's doing now. We, You know. Ben show. Like I said, we're open to a lot of different views. David Seaton was our, uh, I believe it was Seaton was articulating that it uh, was a good idea for Lori Lightfoot to go to Washington and mingle with the uh, powerful people and show that, uh, you know, she's a player in the game. I'm a player in the game. Uh, who is that? I'm a player in the game. All right. Let's not even go there. Uh, it's, it's somebody, but I just can't remember. Who uh, you know uh, anyway, so she wants to go, uh, she wants to show us. She's a player in the game. And, uh, So that's one point of view. I do not know why she would go uh, and sit in the audience and risk being abused by Donald John Trump. Donald Trump uh, uses Chicago uh, to fire up his uh, base. Uh, Chicago symbolizes everything that Donald Trumpsters are against. It's diverse. Everything that makes Illinois perfect for a primary is why the MAGA Hatters hate Chicago. That's correct. Although it's interesting, Trump hates Chicago, but he loved Eddie Burke when he needed a lawyer to get uh, a break uh, on his taxes. Isn't that interesting? And he loved Mayor Rahm. Remember when he kicked 50 grand to Mayor Rahm? I love Mayor Rahm. Yeah. So it's interesting. Donald Trump sort of picks and chooses uh, when he uh, loves and hates Chicago. He loves Rahm and he loves Eddie Burke, but he hates the people of Chicago. So Chicago is everything that Donald Trump is not. It's diverse. Uh, it's integrated. Well, at least it has black and white people living in it. They don't usually live to get in the same areas. But uh, it's everything that he's against. It's a union town. He's against unions. so so... You know, I don't know why Lori Lightfoot would go there and want to subject herself to Chicago bashing. Uh, Listen, you know, you're not allowed to say his name anymore in the city of Chicago because you know how it goes in Chicago. Once you're out, they just like throw you under the bus and forget you even exist. That's the great Chicago way, you know, pretending he never was here. But there was a certain police chief in the city of Chicago. His name was Eddie Johnson. I know we're not allowed to talk about him, D, because he was seen in a bar with a woman other than his wife. Oh, my God. Chicago was like, I'm shocked. And then then Chicago tried to say, oh, well, it wasn't that he was in the bar with someone other than his wife, but did I tell you he was in the bar with someone other than his wife? Anyway, they just go on and on about that. They kicked him out. They threw him out. He's no good. Forget that he ever existed, even though, you know, he was the front man that enabled Rahm to escape with a little, a sliver of credibility after Laquan McDonald. Anyway, he's disposable. That's how we do with people in the city of Chicago. Just forget he even existed. Buddy, Eddie Johnson. Let's give him some love, D. When Donald Trump, Maya, has entered the building. Maya has entered the building. She's all fired up. Focus, Ben, focus. When Eddie Johnson... Now, I know we're not allowed to talk about him. I know he's the persona non grata in the city of Chicago. You get rid of him. But when Donald Trump came to Chicago, do you remember this, to give a speech to some law enforcement group? Eddie Johnson wouldn't have anything to do with it. He boycotted it because he knew that Donald Trump was using Chicago uh, as a symbol to, uh, to fire up his base that hates cities like Chicago that have people that look differently than they do in them. And so I gave Eddie Johnson a lot of love for that. And then about two weeks later, they threw him (laughs) threw him out the door. But uh, I don't know why Lord Lightfoot doesn't take a a, you know page from Eddie Johnson's book and just don't show up. I don't see any point in her.
0: Instead. Go to Serious Cafe instead. Get drunk. Go to
2: Sirius Cafe
1: instead. I
0: Make some you. mistakes.
2: <laughs> Eddie Johnson jokes.
1: <laughs> so there you are, guys. Yeah. Lori Lightfoot attending the State of the Union address. Uh, maybe some advice on the live stream. If you're listening on the live stream, what advice can we give Lori Lightfoot as she attends Donald Trump's... Uh State of the union address. You know, maybe uh, if Donald Trump starts trash in Chicago, she's sitting right there. What can she do? Maybe some advice would be Well I remember last th- she listens to the show, yeah. so she's gonna be reading the live stream chat. Yeah, that is true.
2: Lori, if if he starts trash in Chicago, stand up and turn your back to him. There you, there you go. There
1: you go. Any other advice would be greatly appreciated she
2: on the show. She
0: can throw a Chicago dog at him.
1: There you go. Oh yeah, or she could do what Spike
2: Lee did uh <laughs> at the Oscars uh when um, what was the Green book won. He was so outraged, he stood up and goes, that stinks, and got up and walked out, I think. So if she could do that,
1: you know? All right, well, before we go to Maya here, let's read uh, some of our thoughts here on the live stream chat. Uh, let's see here. Kyle weighed in. Kyle says, oh, well, that's depressing. Ben telling the electorate to claim, uh, what was that word? Felty? Oh, what does that word mean? Oh, uh, he's saying, it's because Bloomberg, I said this, I say this again. I'm speaking
2: to my centrist listeners. Okay? My immediate starts laughing. Why are you wasting your time with Joe Biden, Pete Buttigieg, or Amy Klobuchar? If you're a centrist, go for the centrist with the most money. I'm just saying it makes the most sense. Go for Bloomberg. If you're a centrist, what difference? You cannot tell me uh, a dime's worth of difference on policies between Bloomberg, Biden, Klobuchar, and Buttigieg. All right? Am I right? I'm right. Okay? So if there's no difference, why not go to the one with the most money? I don't know, it makes logic, logical sense to me.
1: Kyle weighed in again. He was uh, referring to your opening here. He says, drunk guys, stoners, and tech guys. Good Lord, your bowling league sounds like it's in hell. <laughs> and then you mentioned Trumpers. You got Trumpers there, oh, my too. God. It's a diverse lot at the bowling league. <laughs>
2: All those. And then, I, as I pointed out, uh, Maya, it, 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 tech people are worthless when the computers go down. You know, like half of them at the bowling alley. Oh, Is man,
0: that it's... the only time they're worthless? Uh,
1: <laughs> you're, wow I'm sorry sure. sorry
0: you just left it out there uh
1: that uh, and then bruce bruce says oh good lord ben's a bloomberg bro <laughs>
0: no wow
1: i'm not a bloomberg
2: bro i'm simply stating the obvious if you're a centrist you should go with the centrist who has the most money it makes... you were
0: for the soda tax ben i don't know the guy's got a point
2: uh That's correct <laughs> was that I, I can't remember was i for the soda tax no, you were
0: was, definitely for the soda tax, no. but not for the reasons Bloomberg was for it. I,
2: I actually, I uh, can't remember. Oh boy, you, can't <laughs> you were remember. for the
0: concept of there needs to be more tax revenue for Cook County. Yeah,
2: but I, I no, I said it was a progressive, uh, a regressive tax. I wanted uh, more progressivity in the taxes. As I recall, I brought Richard Boykin on my show several times <laughs> to discuss that. So uh, no, I, I think uh, no, I was against the soda pop. Oh, I remember Sue Garza. Uh, Alderwoman of the 10th Ward coming on my old show and just reaming out the soda pop tag. They're all going to Indiana. Remember that?
0: (laughs) Sorry Uh, to muddy the waters. Yes,
2: that's okay. But uh, no, anyway, if you're a centrist, go with Bloomberg.
1: That's my advice. We're going to keep you posted on these uh, local stories as today's program rolls along. Don't go anywhere. My Duke Bossible will be joining us. We're going to be talking about first Tuesday. It's tonight, everybody, at the hideout. Get your tickets if you haven't yet. We'll be right back with the Ben Bloomberg Bro (laughs) Joroski Show in moments. Read the Chicago Reader to get up to speed on what's what in Chicago. Culture. Food arts and entertainment weekly concert listings weekly event listings the environment travel i can continue but you get the point point. and for all of you chicago political junkies raw weekly columns on real city politics from maya dukmasova and our very own ben jarofsky the chicago reader free to the public in newsstands throughout the city and online at chicagoreader.com read it now and be a more informed chicagoan did you know that 40 percent of the people in illinois opt
2: to be cremated well it's true landcremationoptions.com
1: Commercial break over. Welcome back to the Ben Jarofsky Show. Live from the Chicago Sun-Times. You know, my, uh, uh, <laughs>
2: they're really giving me
1: grief on the online show. I
2: simply said... I don't I think this is indisputable. You're if, not
0: going to live it down.
2: If you're a centrist, you should vote for Bloomberg. Mm-hmm. If you're a centrist, right? Yeah.
0: Well, yeah. No, don't <laughs> do not put me in that position.
1: If you're a centrist, I don't
0: know what I'm, No, I don't I don't want centri-
2: If you were a centrist, who would you vote for? <laughs> don't duck and dodge.
0: If, if, if I were a centrist. <laughs> yes. God, my skin is crawling <laughs> thinking about this. Uh I would vote for Andrew Yang if I was a centrist.
2: Well, I I think of Andrew Yang as more of the lefty persuasion. Uh, by the way, this is a little known fact, and we're not going to go down this rabbit hole, but Andrew Yang's campaign was effectively launched by his appearance on the Joe Rogan show. A lot of people don't know that. Andrew Yang went on the Joe Rogan show, got about, what was it, about a 90-minute interview deep Something mm-hmm. like that. I only watched about the first half hour of it, uh, and it was after that that... Uh, contributions started flooding into mm-hmm. Andrew Yang's campaign, which has kept him uh, in the, on the debate stage for I don't know how many months it's been. So uh, I just view Andrew Yang, right? That's, uh, I guess that's an acceptable answer. But I, I view Andrew Yang as more on the lefty side of the equation. Uh, a real centrist is one who like, is, is, is views things in uh, electability and so that means you have to have been elected to some other office. You have to have a title in front of your name. Uh, you have to have already compromised on important legislation where you sold out your democratic values in order to show that you're bipartisan. Henry Yang is a rookie. He's never served office. He's never had to do anything like that.
0: Well, okay, Who do you consider to be in the centrist camp? Amy Klobuchar Bloomberg Amy, Who Amy else?
2: Klobuchar, Bloomberg Buttigieg Biden of the people Bennett I guess is he still running I don't I guess <laughs> Michael Bennett but those are the five and then the lefties the the real lefties are Bernie and, and Warren uh and uh, Yang is I I put him more in the left side of things See, I mean he's his I'll tell chief his policy is redistribution of money so
0: I'll tell you what Maybe I'll regret saying this later. And I, I honestly, I shouldn't even be saying this, and you shouldn't be putting me in this position. But push come to shove, I think I'd vote for Biden over Pete Buttigieg oh
2: <laughs> you're gonna say something radical oh my god whoa my <laughs> oh my god <laughs> hell yeah are you
0: kidding oh
2: my god
0: <laughs> so if i were a centrist i guess i'd vote for joe biden i would
2: i, I don't know i listen people to i'm having a hard time henry davis came on this show and that was it people to grew up in south bend indiana all right and then all of a sudden when he's running for uh, president of the the united states discovers that there's school segregation it's i'm i was didn't learn this until relatively late in life that the schools are secret I mean, I I, I can't take the guy serious, Maya. Well,
0: speaking of which, do you want to talk about what's happening with these caucus results? Uh yes. And this app. Are you following this? Yes.
2: Uh well I haven't followed it in the last uh forty minutes. So give me the Neither either. have I.
0: I was driving over here. Okay. So
2: There's, uh, well, but what's what the you, latest?
0: I mean, the latest is that it's still completely unclear what's going on, but it's it's it it, it it's looking like People tied to, to Mayor Pete and his campaign are funding, investing in somehow, uh, in, in, in some kind of relationship with the company that created this app, a company that was also started by a bunch of Hillary people. Uh, the, the former Hillary campaign people started this company called, what is it? Shadow? Shadow. Jesus. Mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> so, <laughs> well, that's a good name.
0: I feel like this is like a really, yeah. a really bad sci-fi paperback. This is like so bad. So, so this, uh, so this app that the, that is being used by the Democratic Party to to, to collect caucus results is tied to mayor pete through these financial channels and i mean honestly you know what i don't even want to i don't even want to like i don't even want to confuse anybody i just want to this is this is what i this is what i this is what i the information that i have this is from uh this is from andrew fang uh let me pull this up i know you don't like it when i'm on my phone in here but I just don't want to say.
2: No, you want to get it right. I appreciate I, yeah, that. No,
0: people, because I'm going to just say something that's going to be like not quite correct and then somebody's going to get confused and it's a broken telephone. Yes. All right. So uh, this is from Lee Fang uh, from, uh, from The Intercept. So he says three different sources say a firm called Shadow uh, developed the Iowa Dem Caucus app. They haven't responded to comment, neither has Iowa Dem Party. This is from yesterday, by the way, so there's been a little bit more since this. The firm was paid by uh, by both Nevada and Iowa Democratic Party, because as you might recall, Nevada also has a caucus system, uh, and also by Mayor Pete's campaign. Mm. So, uh, And somebody has pulled up that the website for this thing called Shadow... Um, it says that, uh, what is acronym? Acronym is the thing started by a bunch of Hillary people. Mm. So anyway, so there was, there's the, 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 some of the in- in funders of this thing that are politically connected are, have now changed their website to make it seem like they were just investing mm-hmm. in this company when an earlier version of the website that you can look up through the Wayback Machine says that they were that they that that they launched this company, mm-hmm. that they were running this company that was creating the app. So there's some there's some kind of something weird going on with how many politically connected people are connected to this app. That's supposed to be telling us what the Who vote numbers Yeah, in Iowa. Yeah.
2: And so there's many problems uh, with the Iowa caucus. Itself. Mm -hmm. Just the notion, first of all, it comes first. Secondly, it's a caucus. Thirdly, uh, Iowa is not representative of. of many of the the uh, of the Democratic Party, really, when you think about the diversity of the Democratic Party, all these problems with Iowa right. coming first, uh, and now
0: like its legitimacy is already on thin ice. Yeah, and that na- like it now na- <laughs> the- every every time it's 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 the legitimacy is so highly questionable. It ma- I mean it makes this country look like a feudal state. Like yeah. the the whole pro- the world watching this thing happen is like what. the... Like, yeah. what is this uh, and now, like now, now, like its legitimacy could not be any further in the gutter, yeah, because no. of this whole th- technological problem, the messaging from the Iowa Democratic Party, how they're not answering questions, what is it, what quality control issues. <laughs> What is this, a meat packing plant? Like,
2: yeah. No, I, I hear you. I was having fun with this earlier before you got here, uh, trying to explain to people or find an explanation last night in real time uh, as this uh, malfunction was occurring. And it, it brought me back memories. This long before either of you guys, I think, were in Chicago in 2006. We had a, a malfunction of uh, the vote counting machines here in Cook County that affected the race for what was it, Cook County board president and the Republicans immediately started screaming it was Tony Perico was running it immediately started screaming that the Dems were stealing it from them and so this is an easy assumption to leap to mm-hmm. uh, when we have a breakdown you, you know a technological breakdown which seems inexplicable for, for to your point Iowa is not coming forth with any any kind of explanation that's adequate, uh, and it's beyond their capabilities to fix. Which is just really the funniest thing, because like as I was teasing Dennis, when we have a breakdown here in the show, we call Brian the IT genius here at the Sunflower. So Sun-times. does
0: Iowa. They're <laughs> yeah. also calling Brian. That's actually what's happening. So <laughs> Brian's that's... in a car going down I eighty right now. I'm
2: coming, Iowa. Man, Iowa, that's some. That's a trick back. So. All these things are going, on, going on, and it leads to to uh, claims of um, malfeasance. I, I, so many Bernie Bros that I know, uh, my including some very close to where you're sitting right now, are absolutely convinced. <laughs> that one? What? <laughs> are absolutely convinced. Uh, and I had many phone conversations with Bernie Bros last night including some who are women, that they call themselves Bernie bros, okay.
0: Not the hot girls from Bernie. No, no, this is like, I'm a
2: Bernie bro, (laughs) okay, okay. okay. I believe Uh, we've called them Sanders sisters. I call them Sanders sisters, but they want to be known as Bernie. Anyway, whatever, they're Bernie supporters, and Mm -hmm. they just cannot believe that it's just coincidental that on the night their guy who's reviled, by pretty much everybody in the Democratic Party of the dem persuasion the night their guy is about to claim the victory in the f- all important state of Iowa the computers break down you get what i'm saying it just it's
0: yeah so hard and the thing is believe. that like this is this this is like the perfect fertilizer for like insane conspiracy theories because there's just enough of a realistic chance of this being like a a targeted you know campaign whatever inter- for interference campaign from russia hacker stuff like you know political corruption stuff like all of this like all of everything that we're hearing could be true and none of it could be yeah. true and it's like the, it's like impossible right now to unpack what like what and why is this happening also like all of this could be like the problem could be really, really, truly just a technical, mechanical problem somewhere, and that there's no and there's no bad faith or bad play or or bad intentions anywhere in all of this. Mm-hmm. But like, wh- the every minute that goes by that there's not clarity on this issue, <laughs> like that the conspiracy theories are growing like mold. Mm-hmm. They're, just, you know, they're they're, they're cons- like, and I can't even imagine like what is going on. Like, what is the right, what are people on the right, like, watching this? Like, what's going on over I know there? what they're
2: going on. I read the right, okay? Right. So I'm, I'm like, I make a point of reading the right. And there's two uh, theories, uh, themes that they're putting out. I already heard it at the bowling alley last night from all, right, all the Trumpsters there. Yeah. A theme number one is that it just shows you how inept the democrats are and that's why you need donald john trump to run the country this would never have happen uh (laughs) with with donald john trump okay that's theory number one he's in charge they're not they're inept he can handle anything that's like
0: how people talk in russia about putin like that's well there's a
2: reason donald trump and putin have so much in common (laughs) okay and why he loves putin with the adoration he has uh and uh and i'll say this for putin when it came to hacking those Democratic computers, he didn't mess
0: around I'll with Brian from I.T. He, he hacked yeah, when Yeah, his election fraud is impeccably executed. <laughs>
2: Absolutely. Uh, so, yeah. So there's that theory. And then there's their favorite, which you will read, I'm sure, in the Tribune uh, with your good friend John Cass will be airing it, which is he. they'll be trying to take advantage of the discontent that we've been talking about uh, and the feeling of bernie supporters that they don't get the respect they need and that the democratic party hates bernie and the democratic party will do anything to keep bernie from being the nominee and they'll they'll fan those flames and it's classic politics you see a wedge uh, you you see a divide on the other side and you and you just play at it and you rub it and so you'll see uh the maga hat wearers talking about bernie bros being unfairly treated And like they care about Bernie Bros, like any one of those MAGA hat wearers has ever once in his or her life raised his or her hand to do anything remotely resembling pushing for something social justice. You know what I'm saying? Like Bernie is supposed to represent redistributing, redistribution, uh, breaking down the walls of social inequity, dealing, getting health care for everybody, getting education for everybody. Every one of these MAGA hat wearers has been against that their whole life. They've been on the wrong side of history their whole life maya but now when it comes to like taking advantage of that divide in the democratic party they'll oh my god they don't like bernie meanwhile trump trump tweets this stuff maya he tweets they're trying to steal it from crazy bernie he calls him crazy bernie mm-hmm. he can't even get his messages straight you know he got to show some sympathy anyway so that's those are the two themes that the trumpsters are playing
0: yeah i mean it's it's also like I don't know. I was listening to uh, the today's episode of the Daily, the New York Times podcast that was all about yesterday in Iowa. And one of the things that was really I mean, first of all, another reason why this the Iowa caucus is like awful is because this is like it's it not it's not just a non-representative state. It's like the way that the caucus system is set up is that it like it's more accessible to well to do. White people, and not like shift workers, and not you know, and and not people who have irregular schedules because they they're living in an economically precarious situation. Like all of it is set up to sort of center and and uh, advantage like d- d- middle class white people. In other basically. words, if
2: you uh, you don't have to go to work between seven and nine o'clock uh, on a two on uh, a Monday night. Yeah. people who do not have to be at work. And you
0: have a car because you know it's Iowa, so like lots of places it's not, you know, you just you can't like easily access this. Like you have to drive there, whatever. So, but I was listening to the episode of the Daily and uh there were interviews with some people, like some of them were kind of elderly and they were just describing sort of how, you know, there's like a first round and if in your caucus site uh the person that you came there to support doesn't get more than fifteen yeah. percent um, of the of the votes of the, like the people in the room, then there's they have to the, those people have to go to choose someone yes. else. And there were people who were like leaving after the first after the first round, and they were and like one they had one lady on there who was just saying like I am like exhausted and I don't know what to pick and like I wanted to vote for Joe Biden and I don't know like I don't know it was just it was like this.
2: It's the most imperfect way to determine a victor. Uh, I've sat through an Iowa caucus, I was there in 2008 uh, when Obama was victorious, and uh, I watched the procedure on one level, it's fascinating and fun to watch, uh, I, I wrote a column for The Reader going, wow, what? imagine if we chose a mayor this way. Uh, and uh, yes, there's that second voting, that round of second voting, uh, it, it, uh, where the people, the, they're free agents. The people who voted for a candidate that meet the 15% threshold are open to the solicitation of the other camp, camps. And I watched, I watched as Hillary Clinton, this, you'll get a kick out of this one, I think it was a Hillary Clinton supporter from 2008 Trying to convince, I think it was a, like a Joe Biden. Joe Biden was running for president in 2008. A Joe, people forget. Yeah, people forget. A Joe Biden supporter, why he or she should caucus with Hillary and not Barack Obama, on the grounds that Barack Obama was tied up to this horrible scandal in Chicago, inviting involving a, a gentleman named Tony Resco. And I'm sitting there. I'm of course I'm the, the only guy in the room who knows all these players, yeah. thinking oh, my God, here I am in, you know, Boonie Town, Iowa, and I'm hearing someone trying to scare a flying voter away from Obama with Resco. You know what I'm
0: saying? Well, and the other thing, too, is, like, this whole thing, like, the the, 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 the way this is a media circus, like, the spectacle of it, the the confusion, it's already confusing, but now the additional confusion yeah. around this very confusing process, like, I just feel like it it really disheartens a lot of people and really, like, you know, creates the impression that it doesn't matter whether or not you engage, like, the who knows whether your vote counts, whether the results are going to be legitimate, like, it's just, it's all, it's all bad, yeah. like, it's just all bad, it's all bad sauce, you know, uh, and it's really, it's like, and I feel like the longer this confusion is going to go on the more it's going to like the conspiracy theories are going to flourish oh, and well. it's and you know speaking of which this brings me to my article this week because by the way we have a local election here March 17th we've got a primary election we've got some very important races there's a bunch of state house state senate congressional seats up uh, uh, up for election there's the state's attorney's office Kim Fox is running for re-election there's the Cook County Clerk of the Circuit Court Dorothy Brown's out of that position for the first time in 20 years. Is, that's another important race. So uh, I did a story, this is in last week's issue of The Reader, which folks can still find around until Thursday in the boxes, and it's also online. Um, it's about, it's actually really about this. It's about how when the mechanics of a process are not very clear, this, that the space gets filled with conspiracy theories. And your your friend, Adolfo Mondragon... The, frequent guest on the yeah, show. Yeah, frequent guest on the show. Although he hasn't uh, been here in a while. Yeah, so a, he's an election attorney, attorney in general. He called me up, and he explained that there was this situation with the candidate he was uh, he was representing, Froy Jimenez, who's running against um, Tony Munoz in the first uh, state Senate district. Mm-hmm. Um. So basically, some it, he couldn't understand why his campaign went so that Jimenez had filed his petition to get on the ballot. there was like more than he had more than 2,000 signatures. you need a thousand to get on the state Senate ballot And uh, then there were objections filed by people tied to the Tony Munoz camp pretty standard uh, and when the objection was served, to the Foray Jimenez campaign so they could prepare to fight it. You know, this is a, a whole process for how you go about arguing about whether the signatures are valid or not. Forey Jimenez's campaign received two different versions of the objection. Mm-hmm. One copy had more objections on it than the other. Mm-hmm. And this probably sounds confusing to people, so I just urge everyone to read the story. It's like a very in-the-weed situation, and it's like, already weedy enough if you read it but like hearing it it's it's i'm sure it's you know I,
2: i've been there trying confusing. to explain in the weed story right the,
0: so but like the point is that as i st- the 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 theory that people had about what might have happened is like what if the reason why we have these two different copies is because somebody connected to tony muñoz uh or the objector that was just connected with tony muñoz struck a shady deal with a state board of election worker to, to timestamp an objection at one time, and then f- refile it later with more, with more signature challenges mm-hmm. because t- like with a beefed up version, basically. And I, I in the story I explain this whole right. theory in more detail. So
2: you take that deep dive.
0: Right. So, but this theory, this kind of conspiracy conspiracy theory essentially is, completely believable in the realm of Chicago politics. Yes. This is the kind of thing that happens here all the time. Mm-hmm. This, you know, this whole David Krupa, uh, Madigan, Marty Quinn thing in the 13th Ward last time around. Like, You know what I mean? Like, the, Anything could happen. So you hear a conspiracy theory like that, you're like, could that happen? Probably, yeah. you know? Um, but as I got deeper into it, trying to figure out what other possible explanations there could be for this discrepancy, uh, uh, a much more likely and reasonable explanation presented itself that had to do with, like, basically the how the state board requires people to file copies and who has to make those copies and what time people bring those copies. And, like, it's sort of, you know, you have to kind of think about it in Occam's razor terms, like, you know, like. Maybe it's the most, the simplest explanation is the best one, and so I lay out in the story like what the simplest explanation for all of this could be, and why it's highly unlikely that the conspiracy theory is true. But uh, still, just the 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 fact that you know, Froy-Menez's campaign like didn't know like what the actual steps were, like what the process was by which logically they could have gotten these two disparate copies the immediate thought was like there's something there's some kind of foul play and i don't blame them at all especially not in the city especially not in the way that politics are played dirty by incumbents against you know challenger candidates like froy um but like take that tiny little thing this tiny little story and by the way froy made it on the ballot like uh, there weren't enough objections in the in the in the one in the quote unquote beefed up version of this objection to knock him off either, but like take this tiny little story and then like multiply it to like the presidential yeah. election.
2: <laughs> well, the stakes are so high. Yeah. And uh, yeah, you're absolutely correct. I know. And I can tell you this, um, uh, that, uh, my next guest may Whiteside, is here. My next guest may Whiteside, is here. I believe she's right outside the door. Uh, but I will tell you this, that, In Illinois and in Chicago and in Cook County, the knee-jerk reaction of anybody who's losing, if they lose at the board level, the uh, election board level, and they kicked off the ballot, uh, if they lose at the ballot place itself by the voters, is to blame the machine. I've heard people who are part of the machine blame the machine. I've heard David Axelrod. David Axelrod, okay?
0: (laughs) Machinist. 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 Who made
2: his name... Uh, well, he really took off into the stratosphere when he cut the deal, went to work for Daley. He had worked for Paul Simon and Harold Washington, but he worked for Richard M. Daley, okay? Mm -hmm. And then went to work for Bill Clinton. I heard him talking about when he was working for Forrest Claypool saying, you you know what it's like with the machine in Chicago. So everybody in Chicago blames the machine. One day, Michael Madigan will be like, you know, (laughs) you can't beat the machine. So, you know, the machine doesn't even exist anymore. It's so pathetic. Um. So yeah, there's that, and there's a good reason why people have that. By the way, I got to tell you this, Maya. We're going to be doing um, some uh, backroom deal stories. Oh in yeah,
0: us. yeah, yeah.
2: And and we really should talk about the uh, Illinois primary. Mm-hmm. I took a deep dive. I want to thank Maggie Wonderly. I got to give you a shout out, Maggie Wonderly. She's a Bernie Sanders delegate, and uh, she was the person that uh, essentially she always tries not to give take all the credit, but she was the Bernie uh, strategist who put together, or helped put together Bernie's of delegates and she explained to me she was so patient with me Maya. the uh, delegate selection process in illinois and it's not as nutty as iowa but it's pretty nutty and so part of the problem in all these cases is that the rules are so convoluted and so complicated and it's not readily apparent like, like how delegates uh, are apportioned to a candidate after a primary that people can walk away saying it's rigged, it's fixed, and uh, so it's. We it's,
0: have to do an episode on that.
2: Yeah, no, it's a, it's it's good stuff. Uh, like I'll just throw this out there as a teaser: if a candidate uh, gets doesn't get fifteen percent of the vote uh, in any congressional district, he or she, a presidential candidate, won't get any delegates. You get fourteen percent statewide. You mm-hmm. could conceivably come in second or third statewide mm-hmm. and not get any uh, delegates because the delegates are apportioned according to how much of the vote you get in a congressional district. The Democratic Party makes its own rules. It's a party, you know, it gets
0: to do what <laughs> it's it wants. certainly some kind of party.
2: <laughs> it's certainly. Uh,
0: yeah. But I mean, yeah, so w- we will, um, It folks should be on the lookout for a third. our third season of Backroom Deal. Uh, March seventeenth, Illinois primary edition. Mm-hmm. Uh, we'll have episodes about local county races, state level races, congressional races, um, Supreme Court races. There's some interesting stuff going on there too. So, um, yeah.
2: And uh, one, and we will be at the hideout tonight before we take the break. Bring yes. May on. We'll be at the hideout tonight. Uh, 6:30, 1354 West Wabansia. Uh, we will have Carlos Ramirez Rosa, Brandon Johnson. Brandon will be representing uh, Elizabeth Warren. Carlos will represent Mm -hmm. Bernie Sanders. A lot of tickets have been sold, as I understand. Yep.
0: And so people should grab their tickets. They should get there early to get a seat. And, uh, I don't know if this Iowa thing will become any more clear tonight, but we're definitely setting aside more time than usual with our for our audience engagement portion of this conversation because I'm sure people have lots of questions. Brandon and, um, and Carlos have lots to say, and so initially the show had been conceived as a sort of ideas level debate about the candidates and where they disagree, and we'll have some of that, but like... There will be a lot of talk tonight about what that just you know the mecha- the mechanics of this. Well,
2: I'll, and, and the mechanic, and I will say this before you take the break. And uh, the last Bernie. Buttigieg and Elizabeth Warren, their campaign sent out this message that according to their informal counts, the top three vote-getters were Bernie, uh, Warren, and Buttigieg, okay? So that means that the lefty wing, progressive wing, whatever you want to call it, the Ben wing of the Democratic Party is, if not a majority, very close to a majority. Just throwing that out there, Mm -hmm. Elizabeth Warren and Bernie are the two lefties in this race and just... Throw that out there, lefties. You know, don't, don't, you you shouldn't feel as though like you're a stranger in your own house.
0: Yeah, but I heard that there's a lot of frustration among, uh, between Bernie and Elizabeth people in Iowa from people who are canvassing out there. So we'll definitely get to that tonight. We'll definitely get to
2: that. (laughs) All right, plenty to talk about. Omaya's got to prepare for the big show tonight, so we're going to let her get on her way. Uh, Mae Whiteside is on deck. We're going to bring her on when we return. Hey, everybody, what you're about to hear are the piano stylings of Jeff Manuel. M as in Mary, A, N as in Nancy, U, E, L, P, I, A, N, I, S, T, dot com. Take it away, Jeff Manuel.
0: Madam Secretary, you talk a lot about um, the mothers of your friends where you went to their houses, and you knew that they were going to be kind and generous and supportive of you. So that that theme of women being present and how they make a difference, um, talk a little bit about that and and how that, again, animated some of the the selections that you made of people in the book. That's a great question, Mayor, because um, I wanted to include uh, women who I could distinctly remember the impact that they had on me. And, you know, obviously historical figures. I, you know, I never knew Helen Keller or Anne Frank or Maria Talchev or Amelia Earhart. But as a little girl, they made a big impression on me.
1: You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable.